This novel and its recording are both copyright by Alessandro Chima and Candlelight Stories, Inc., available at candlelightstories.com. A Candlelight Stories audio production. Pirate Jack by Alessandro Chima Chapter 14 The Fort The revenge came alongside. Grappling hooks went over the rail and pulled the two ships together. The pirates trudged up and down from the galleon's hold, bumping and scraping the cargo that belonged to them now. They loaded the revenge with twenty casks of rum, twenty powder kegs, seventy muskets, eighty-seven pistols, one hundred pairs of boots, ninety-three longswords, twenty coils of rope, two mainsails, three foresails, six topsails, three snuff-boxes, five pipes, fifteen boxes of tobacco, ten tar-pots, four rolls of canvas, fifteen dead-eyes, twelve blocks, nine cleats, a quadrant, four maps, six barrels of salt-meat, forty-four chain-shots, and one big sea-turtle that stayed inside its shell. "'Do you think we should go ahead with attacking the fort?' I asked. "'Why do you ask me a thing like that?' Jameson replied, looking through his spyglass as we stood at the quarter-deck rail. "'That was the worst thing I've ever seen in my life, and if there's more to come, I don't think I can keep being a pirate.' Jameson pulled the spyglass from his eye and squinted down at me with frustration. "'Once you've seen blood, Jack, you're never the same.' "'I know. I'm scared silly.' "'You found yourself in a close hall there, mate, "'and you acquitted yourself in pretty fine fashion. "'Now leave off the complaining. "'You're a pirate now, whether you like it or not. "'We took a Spanish galleon, "'and though we missed the gold, "'we've provisioned ourselves mightily. "'Well, why didn't we just take the whole galleon? "'A galleon's no ship for pirates, my boy. "'They sail like giant stones, "'and we'd be captured in a day.' "'He walked away and stood by Morgan at the wheel.' The revenge was sailing hard, and had a good lean to her. The sails were full, the rigging creaked, and the waves sprayed up around the bowsprit. The West Indies grew near, and it would soon be time to go ashore and face another battle with the Spanish. If there had only been gold or silver on the galleon, I might have been safely home by now with some loot. The thought hit me that I actually had no idea if I could ever get back home. Would the scrolls in my belt work? Would the boatman return for me? Maybe I was trapped for my whole life in the 18th century Caribbean. I had more time to wonder about all this that afternoon as I scrubbed the deck with water to keep the wood from drying and cracking in the hot sun. We sailed hard until about four o'clock. Then the lookout shouted, Land ho! Island off the port bow! Jameson and Morgan came on deck and went to the forecastle at the bow. I went with them. We stay to this side of the island, Jameson said. The boats will carry us ashore in four trips, said Morgan. Then it's a straight line through the trees to the fort. We attack in the night. The ship was in a state of excited preparation as crewmen furled sails and brought muskets, powder tins, pistols, and swords up from the hold. We got close enough to the island so I could see rocks on the beach and individual leaves on the thick jungle trees. The boats were lowered. Pierre bounded up to me and smiled. Here, lad, I trust you could use a little firepower tonight. He handed me a flintlock pistol, a tin of powder, and a bag of bullets. I hefted the weight of the shiny gun, and then sat on the deck to load and prime it with powder. That's the way, said Pierre. He ran off to work below decks. The boats made a trip, delivering thirty heavily armed men to the beach. 
Jameson, Morgan, and I were on the last boat. We went up in the surf and jumped out, dragging the boats onto the sand. As the sun sat low on the water, the beach turned orange, and we eighty pirates moved into the trees. The jungle was thick and smelled of foul, rotting vegetation. It was a sweet, sick smell that made me wonder how anyone could live on an island like this. It was difficult to move through the trees because the ground was so cluttered with fallen trees, vines, and soggy mud holes. Jameson helped me climb over the bigger tree trunks as we crept silently toward the far side of the island. It got very dark. Bugs started buzzing. The moon only slipped a little of its light under the trees, so a few of the men were forced to light torches. I watched how the pirates moved and motioned to each other so they would not have to talk. I started moving like them, feeling agile and sneaky as we approached the unsuspecting Spanish fort. My foot caught in a clump of vines and I fell. Morgan came up behind me and lifted me out swiftly and silently. I kept right on going, gliding over the jungle floor like I did it all the time. We marched in several columns for two hours, through thorns that ripped our clothes and thick roots that tangled our feet. I was soaked with sweat, breathing hard, and feeling my stomach churn with fear and excitement. We were going into battle. The thought that I might actually die in battle just seemed a normal part of this adventure. Jameson moved forward, getting next to a torchbearer. He waved to the other torchbearers. The torches were jabbed into the dirt and put out. We resumed our silent march. The muskets carried by most of the men pointed forward in the faint moonlight. Someone brushed close to me and said, Draw your gun. It was Morgan. He was quietly looking out for me. I liked him, even though he never said much. We stopped at the edge of a clearing. The log walls of the fort stood about a football field away. The logs were lashed together straight up and down, the tops cut into points. I could just make out a column of smoke rising in a gray line on the starry sky. The clearing was a big circle cut around the fort. We'd have to cross this open space to attack. All of us crouched at the tree line, watching the fort and listening. Jameson moved out into the open. He took three steps and waved to us. We got up and followed. The group was spread out about ten men wide. The front men held their muskets up, ready to fire at the fort. I tried to hold my pistol as expertly as I could. The gun would afford me one shot. Then I'd have to reload from my powder tin and bag of bullets. I heard a barrage of loud pops like fireworks coming from the trees and turned my head in time to see the jungle behind us flashed with fire. Something whizzed past my head and I heard sickening thuds around me. I turned my head and saw men fall. Muskets clanked on the ground. It seemed like the popping from the trees would never stop. Bullets whipped right past my ears. Someone screamed in the group to my right. Ambush! cried Jameson. Make for the trees! I was pushed toward the left as our group surged toward the trees for cover. A few musket shots erupted from the middle of the clearing as crewmen tried to kneel and fire back at the hidden ambushers. We ran toward the left tree line and saw fire spitting at us. The jungle crackled with muskets. Men groaned and fell in heaps around me. I dove flat and looked around. There was hardly anyone standing in the clearing. Someone crawled right into me and grabbed my shirt. He pulled me violently, dragging me toward the fort. 
I saw several other shapes scrambling along the ground near us. I tried to use my legs, but slipped as I was pulled through the dirt. The trees exploded again. Someone off to our right shrieked in agony. We kept moving. I was able to get on my hands and knees behind the person who had rescued me. Crawl, lad, for the left side of the fort. It was Jameson. He'd survived the onslaught of musket fire right out in front. We got to the log wall and crawled around the corner. The left wall went about 40 yards. We ran along it, crouching low. A gun fired from above. Someone fell behind me. Jameson reached back and pulled me as he pounded across the ground toward some rocks. We leaped onto the huge boulders, and I bashed my shin into one. Down! Jameson yelled. Climb! I scrambled over a rock and saw the sea foaming on the beach far below. We were on a rock cliff. The fort was built with one wall right on the edge. Guns fired at us from along the top of the log wall. Musket balls thudded into the rocks around us. I started climbing down, blindly putting my feet out, trusting they would find a surface. I called out, Who's left? Just climb down to the beach, lad! Jameson called. I could only see a few shapes climbing nearby and realized that our force of eighty had been slaughtered in less than a minute. I started to tremble and could barely grip the rocks. We climbed for several minutes. The gunshots came from the top of the cliff. The rocks above us deflected the musket balls and we kept going. Then someone threw a torch and it fell onto the beach below us. They're trying to light us up so as to pick us off the rocks, Jameson yelled. Climb as fast as your feet will take you. More torches hit the beach, and a glow enveloped the rocks below us. The guns fired again. A ball slammed into the very rock I was holding on to. I jumped almost a whole body length to a rock below. Like a spider, lad! Jameson shouted. We hit the sand and ran away from the torches as fast as we could. Guns popped behind us. The Spanish had been waiting. Hundreds of them. They'd set an ambush inside the very trees we'd been marching through. It was horrible. Only a handful of men ran along the beach with me. Where was Morgan? Pierre? We were in darkness, running along the water's edge where the sand was firm and flat. We'll get to the boats and escape if we can keep moving, Jameson grunted. Then I realized I was still holding my gun. I'd come down the cliff holding it and never fired a shot. We slowed to a fast walk, and there were six of us out of eighty. Pierre was not among us. Even if we got back to the Revenge, we'd have a terrible time sailing it away from the Spanish ships with only ten hands aboard. I assumed Jameson had some plan. How will we sail the ship? I asked. There be ten men still aboard. We'll not have much difficulty. We walked for an hour before we came around a great rock and heard the explosions out on the water. The masts of two ships flickered as black shadows against the flashes. It was a full broadside from a galleon into the Revenge. Another series of blasts lit up the sky, and we saw the Revenge on fire. The cannons kept booming, and the Revenge glowed an awful orange. Within a few minutes she was shooting flames high into her rigging. The galleon slowly moved off into the darkness. The Revenge was sinking. She and we were doomed. There was no way off the island. It was several minutes before landing boats brought twenty Spanish sailors with muskets and pistols onto the beach in front of us. We threw our weapons onto the sand 
and watched the sailors wade through the surf, guns held ready to blast us all. We were thrown aboard the landing boats and taken out to the galleon, prisoners of Spain. A Candlelight Stories audio production. This novel and its recording are both copyright by Alessandro Chima and Candlelight Stories, Inc., available at candlelightstories.com.